Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm over and I'm your host. Pick Show, Wild Card Weekend. Super wild card weekend, excuse me, joining me to break down all the games. This will be faster today because we don't have any Pete Briscoe with us. He's got alarm bells going off in his uh, his high-rise penthouse in South Florida, a secret location. Joining me, RJ White, what's up, buddy? What's up? Non-zero chance that'll happen to me, too, just judging by this place. It seems like every 10 days the alarms go off for randomly. So it, it, it's not, you know, we're maybe a 1% chance of, of me having to duck out to or hit that that mute button and, and kind of flash the signs at you and, and tell you when I can talk and when I can't. Well, you just wave your arms wildly and I'll just I'll just filibuster. I'm pretty good at that. There's one thing I, can I can talk. Do. I can talk twice as much and insult you more uh, to get the press going. If you really, that's, want. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does feel uh, feel significantly less tan on this show than uh, than normal. Thanks to thanks to Pete being on a little less mean as well. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's what it, that's how it is. Uh, so all right. So and the other thing too with the reason we want Pete on here, but whatever, um, is we could have hashed out you know certain rules. For instance, um, like if I do a money line parlay. Can I get X units back? Are we going to allow ourselves to do that in this? Um, are you talking when we're doing these combo bet kind of things? We're trying to keep it in that that alley of you know plus one ten to minus one thirty. So it's kind of like a normal bet anyway. Right. So if that's what you're putting together, but if you're trying to get like a two plus two fifty and you want extra units, I think it might be a little bit out there for us. Yeah, that's what I that's what I was asking. Um, I'll, I'll give out the money line parlay. We just won't count it for the picks. How about that? Sure. I mean, it's like, you know, it's, it's also kind of obvious. I was going to mention it on, I was on uh, our buddy Nick Costas radio show yesterday. And I was going to mention the, uh, the, the, I was going to mention it anyway, but I digress. Let's, it's obvious. There's no way it comes in. So once you give it out, everybody can start thinking about which team's going to lose. That's true too. Um, and uh, we do, we're going to do props. We allow props. Um, yeah. Again, if, if it's, if it's relatively in that, Close to a coin flip type of yeah, no, 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 yeah. I'm saying like player props. Like if you like, I like like all right, yeah, yeah. I like a couple. Um, I like a couple. but if it's like over under one no. and a half touchdowns at minus two twenty, then right, you know, it's or, like of course not. Yeah, no, no, no. that would be. We're all we're all quasi respectable here. Sort of respectable here. So like yeah. So for instance, like I think um, just looking at this, like a uh, player to score. I'm looking at the first game that we're doing. Seahawks uh, at 49ers. Chris McCaffrey is minus two forty to score a touchdown. Nobody's nobody's doing it. You can't do that. Right. But Kenneth Walker at plus 120 to score a touchdown. I think that's reasonable. 
It's just sure. a one for one unit swap. If you're, if it's a bet that you really like, don't, you know, we're not taking it just to like rack up extra units to get extra bets in. But I, mean, I think if it's one, um, that you like nothing wrong with that. Let's start with the Seahawks at the 49ers. Seahawks, or excuse me, Niners minus nine and a half with a total of 42 and a half. Um, kind of weird this line hadn't climbed above 10, or maybe it's telling RJ. Yeah, it's kind of bounced back and forth. It's been 10 sometimes, it's been nine and a half sometimes. I'm a little interested as why Seahawks are getting some love at 10. This line was only San Francisco minus three in Seattle for Thursday Night Football Week 15. So it seems on the surface that's a massive adjustment. But you remember, that's obviously a short week. That was Brock Purdy's first road game. So we were kind of still up in the air whether he was any good or not. This was kind of, again, it was going to be his first test. And they won the game pretty convincingly. I mean, it was only 21 to 13. But in every other Brock Purdy game where he's played a majority of the snaps, the San Francisco 49ers have scored at least 33 points. So now that he's kind of in, in the mix there, in rhythm, he's fear they're going to score 30 in this game against the Seattle defense. So the question is, will Seattle score 20 on, on the 49ers to keep it close? And I'm not sure they will. Seattle's weak at defending the run. Shanahan's going to love exploiting that. And that San Francisco defense bounced back last week, aside from the long touchdown to start the game. Um, so I like my I have a best bet at San Francisco minus 10, 9.5 now, obviously get it at 9.5. Um, dogs of 10-plus points in the wild card round are 2-9 and nine against the spread all time. And the two that won were both at home. It was one of those bad division winners that win, and then they, they sneak in, and every, nobody gives them a chance, and then they cover, maybe sometimes win. Um, but 0-9 on the road. So in this situation, and it, it, you you take the slider down to nine points, it's basically the same thing. In this situation, wow. you want to be on the favorite. So I, that's why I like laying the points with the 49ers here. Wow. Okay, that's interesting. I, um, it's a great stat. Makes me I, – I, I didn't have Seattle as a best bet. Um, I, I, I wouldn't have – I sort of wanted to. I sort of wanted to lean to Seattle just because it's like it's nine and a half. There's going to be nasty weather. Totals coming down, down a full point from forty three and a half earlier in the day, um, or excuse me, yesterday. And you know, Brock Purdy in his first playoff, first playoff game ever. I know it's Geno Smith's first playoff game ever, but you tend to. I think when you look at the sort of the average performance of veterans in their first playoff games, you can tend to get some better, uh, you know, better. Better, better stat lines, better outcomes from those veterans, and you can with a guy who's a rookie. Especially, I mean, and look, he's got a lot of a lot of panache, a lot of swag to him. All of that. I mean, don't you worry a little bit about the rookie quarterback spot here? Sure, but we know in this system, like he's not going to make him do too much. If it was somebody you got to throw out there and, and ask him to win the game for you, you'd be worried. But in this big of a spread, he's not going to have to win the game for them, essentially. They're not going to put him in those type of spots. Uh, the thing on the other side is you have to worry about what will Seattle score enough. You, you can bet these highest scoring and lowest scoring teams for the weekend props, okay. and Seattle is the second highest odds for low scoring team or second best odds, second lowest scoring team at plus 400, only behind the Dolphins, who might be starting Skyler Thompson good at quarterback. So. So, so Seattle is not expected to score very many points in this game. They they have they have uh, closer to zero odds than the Baltimore Ravens, and Baltimore might be starting Anthony Brown or, or, oh, or banged yeah. up Tyler Huntley. So I don't think there's any faith in Seattle scoring a ton of points here. Uh, people are dogging Pete in the comments. Pete, for for those wondering, Pete's uh, Pete has alarm bell situations going off in his in his condo, high rise penthouse condo, in a secret downtown South Florida location. Um, Otherwise, but we have his best bets, and we will give them out to you as well. Um, yeah, I, okay. I mean, look, maybe you taught me. Maybe you taught me into taking the, the Niners here. Um, I was, I was, I was leaning towards. I was, I was begrudgingly leaning towards the Seahawks. Basically, it's like a Brock Purdy's Mister Irrelevant. It's a tough spot for a rookie quarterback to actually pull off. You know, winning that game. But you're right. I mean, if it's it's more likely that. It's much more likely, actually, that Geno Smith is in a position where he has to throw the ball a ton to try and come back against a Niners team that can do whatever it wants offensively in the run game, particularly. 
maybe Debo Samuel should be back for this game. They'll use him in, the, in, in, in that aspect. Like they'll be able to do what they want offensively, forcing Gino to throw versus the like there is there is a game script and an outcome where the Seahawks get up early, just you know, fluke stuff or a bomb to DK Metcalf and a three and out or something like that. And then even then, I guess Brock Purdy's not gonna be asked to toss it all around the place. Like they're gonna stay calm and just stick to their game script, I, I would think. So Right. And San Francisco's known this game was coming. Seattle didn't think they were going to be in it. And then the Lions upset the Packers at the end. It kind of feels like the Seahawks have already won, you know, this yeah, season. They, they they were expected to be at the basement level team in that division. Nobody gave them, I think their win total is what, six wins, six and a half wins. And they're going to make the playoffs. Wins, yeah. Like that's already like the the feather in the cap for, for Pete Carroll. And this team is already going to be considered a, a success. It's kind of free rolling from here. So I think 49ers are, are motivated and focused on winning the Super Bowl while Seahawks have kind of already passed the the point where we thought they would be. And anything from here is gravy. Yeah, that's a good point. We're they beat the Seahawks by 20 in, in week two. And then, of course, beat the Seahawks by eight in week 15. So they have dominated this uh, matchup this season. Mm. All right. I'm gonna go take uh, take the Niners in my office pool because I gotta get something on it. Um, can't we can't really tease him from nine and a half, right? You need you need nine to tease. Yeah, we need eight. And a half. Well, eight and I mean, half, I guess. If it's nine and a half, you can do a seven point teaser if you want to leave the minus one forty. Um, but yeah. what other game are you getting that where seven is at an advantageous number? Right. Not really. Not really there. I mean, the other two you might as well do the six point teasers, the ones that are on the board. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, moving along to our next game. The Los Angeles Chargers. Whoo, this line's on the move. At the Jacksonville Jaguars. Line got down to all the way down to Chargers minus one and has now creeped up to Chargers minus two and a half. Um, obviously, what's your analysis, RJ? I'm curious too. Do you any insight into why that line's ticking up that much for a is it, is it because the Chargers posted a, a we've got receipts uh social media post on, on Twitter yesterday? And yeah, and I'm, I'm sure. they're, they're, yeah. I'm sure all the big bettors are making their bets based on things that happen on social media. That's how you you win a ton of money on on betting games. No, I think it actually might have gotten down to pick them in some places too. And it seems like everybody has identified the Chargers as being much better than the Jaguars, and they want to be on the Chargers side. They don't see Jaguars as having a very good um, uh, home field advantage. They see Jaguars barely struggling to get in against Josh Dobbs, and they want to fade the, the Jaguars here. Um, but this is still a team that won five straight games to make the playoffs, had a tough win against a great coach in week 18, beat the Cowboys um, in overtime. They, they have some impressive wins. They beat the Ravens before Lamar Jackson got hurt in that that big Trevor Lawrence comeback. So they've been putting together good wins. Uh, the Chargers would be on a similar run, but they played everybody last week and they still lost a meaningless game. So that they've tended to do that with some opponents. They played onto opponents sometimes. Um, they are considered the much better team here, but they have just one win against a winning team all year. And it's Miami and that game where Tua, I don't think oh. it was hundred percent and Miami um, still decided to throw the ball instead of running the ball, which is what you do on the chargers. And for whatever reason, they, they, they skipped that game plan and they decided to throw it with Tua and they lost that game, I believe by six. Um, but every other winning team has beaten the chargers. Most of those games tend to be close because chargers are playing teams like the chiefs close to three points, whatever, but they are also only beating teams like Atlanta's and the Houston's and they aren't beating these, these um, formidable teams. So the, your opinion of this game should be whether the Jaguars are a good team, whether they're a formidable team. And I think they, they'll commit to the run. They'll exploit the chargers weakness here. Like Denver did. Denver had 205 rush yards last week. Um, their past defense is on a strong run also, but it's against some bad quarterbacks and obviously stepping up to Justin Herbert is huge, especially if the offensive coordinator is calling a game that plays to his strengths, which is kind of a 50, 50 proposition with these, Chargers games you never know what kind, mm -hmm. what kind of game plan you're going to get with them but the other key stat here home dogs of less than three in the wild card round eight and one against the spread 
while home dogs of three or three and a half are more of a toss up. So if the situation sees that the road team is three points better, three and a half points better, it's kind of a toss up whether they, they cover or not. If it's like, they're not quite three points better then the home field advantage takes over. The crowd takes over, I think. And these home dogs do better than people expect. So I want to have the Jaguars in this game. I don't think they're being given enough credit um, for their home field advantage. I think the Chargers travel schedule play, plays a, a part here having to travel on the road uh, to Denver, come back. Now they're on a short rest, have to travel back to Jacksonville. Um, so I like the Jaguars here. I have them as the best bet at plus two. Well, I've got some good news and some bad news. The bad news is pretty much that Pete and I agree with you. No surprise for Pete. Pete's a big Jaguars fan. Um, I, I think, you know, Pete obviously doesn't like Brandon Staley very much. I mean, you know, I don't want to, sp- I don't want to speak for Pete with his analysis here, but I think it's pretty obvious. If you know, Pete, if you watch the show, if you listen to the show, if you listen to Pete talk anywhere, you got a home dog with the Jaguars in the playoffs, Doug Peterson versus Doug Brandon Staley. He's going to back the coach that he thinks is the better coach in Doug Peterson. Also, I hadn't, I didn't realize that the freaking Chargers were that bad against they, they, they only, only beat one winning team. That's insane. And you go back and look at the curb stomping the Jaguars put them on in uh, back in uh, was it week three? I think right. And that yeah. was coming off that game where where everybody got banged up for the Chargers. They lost several key guys. Justin Herbert, we we suspected was going through an injury and playing through it. So it's no no surprise that they struggled sure. in that game. I don't want to read too much into that blowout and say Jackson no, a much but, better but I, team. But I do want to. I do like to read into the fact that they carried. They had thirty carries from James Robinson and Travis Etienne for a, a 145 yards and a touchdown. Now, along of 50, so I mean, you can take that out if you want and adjust the mean. I, I just think Doug Peterson's smart enough to run the football against his team, and he's going to feed Travis Etienne and feed Jamichael Hasty, and then let uh, you know, let Trevor Lawrence work off some play action against the Chargers secondary that, that is, you know, is, is good, but you can exploit it. Um, the Mike Williams being banged up thing, I mean, we have no idea if he's going to play or not. As of you know, Wednesday afternoon, he hadn't practiced. Um, we recorded this on Thursday afternoon, uh, way before the, the West Coast teams would put out injury reports. You know, his back spasms that he suffered because he was playing unnecessarily in that game. Um, yeah, I think that that's a that's that matters. That's a big that's a big deal. Uh, th- that Jaguars actually did a great job of bottling up Austin Eckler in the first game. There was no Keenan Allen in that game either, and Mike Williams was pretty ineffective. So Allen matters, of course. I, I Expect Mike Williams will probably end up playing, although again, very much up in the air. I'm, I'm taking the Jaguars as the best bet, though. I think the Jaguars just win the game. I, I, the line movement's a little weird. I guess if it's going to keep ticking up, give me, you know, I'll wait. And I, like, you don't think it gets past three, do you? I don't think it even gets two, three. I actually put it in on sports line at two and a half because I, I just can't see a game that that was around that pick'em area getting all the way to three because that's just yeah. too much to give people to hedge on each side. So that's I think a crazy three, amount two, of movement. Yeah, two and a half. I think it's a good teaser uh, number for the Jaguars, but I like taking them. I'm on your side. I think they win the game. All right, so all three of us have the Jaguars as a best bet. I actually think – let me look and just see real quick. I I haven't looked at this. I'm sorry. Apologies for that. I was going to see what uh, Travis Etienne's – they have the – the, the rushing yards on yeah total rushing yards or at least total rushing attempts etn 16 and a half that's a that's a ton um total rushing yards 76 and a half i like the over there though it's juice minus 123 so i won't take it for the purposes of our pod but i mean well, I, I think you could take that one that's that's kind of fine i mean we do minus 120 teasers all the time so i don't, okay. I don't have i don't have a problem taking that all right i'll take the over uh all right so i'll add the jaguars and travis etn over Rushing yards as two best bets. A lot of uh, a lot of best bets this week. How many do you have total? I have four, I believe. 
Yeah, you like the spot in there. Like so, in a regular season game, they're you're conserving guys. They're they're mixing it up a little more often. But this is the playoffs. This is when your talented guys should be getting the ball more. So you figure he can exploit this matchup better, and you don't want to give them as even a thing. Like if Hasty has ten carries in this game, the Jaguars better be winning by twenty plus points. Correct. Now, yeah, and Etienne only has. Well, I guess they did give him. They had, he had three games with uh, with twenty plus carries. That's not usually his style. Um, they won two of them against uh, the Jets in Week 16, and then um, the the Raiders in, in Week Nine. They barely lost to the Broncos. We had a monster game with twenty four carries, one hundred fifty six yards. I mean, he's been he's you can get him you can get him up in that twenty carry range, and he can be have a dominant game. So um, I'll take the over in yardage because I trust the. Maybe the more explosive stuff, and if they get a lead, I do think we'll see some Jermichael Hasty. Uh, but yeah, he can pop a big one, yeah. So he might get 15 carries, but pop a big one and get yeah, exactly. anyway. 15, he rips up a 40 yarder, and you're there, you're there in the first half, mm-hmm. maybe. So I guess it sounds like we're not concerned at all about the Trevor Lawrence we saw on on Saturday against um Tennessee or Sunday, whenever it was. Um, that was overthrowing people, looked jittery. I mean, I don't have a concern. I think that he's had played in plenty of big games in his career, yeah. Um, so I wasn't worried about it. I think it's just one, one night there and uh, and but you have to it, that's the one thing that would make me concerned about this is if that trevor lawrence shows up it's gonna be hard to beat justin herbert i mean just to just to counterpoint that um play devil's avocado if you will maybe that was his first playoff game because it was i mean it was basically a playoff game you know you're either you either you're, it's win or go home win or go home and you know are you sort of wonder like did he get his nfl jitters out in week eight in week 18 which would be a huge bonus against the the chargers knowing that you know, uh, Justin Herbert has not played in a playoff game before, and this will be his first playoff game on the road. And like, I don't, um, I don't think the weather will be uh, that bad. On no, I don't think the weather's bad anywhere except for I think there might be rain in this the uh, 49er Seahawks game. Um, well, and yeah, and so you know, you you have that, and but it's gonna be that crowd will be wild there. Like mm-hmm. that crowd will be loose. That that I mean, you're talking about a bunch of. The Duval Redbirds down there screaming their faces off for uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So the, the other thing you take into account there is Trevor Lawrence. I mean, if you're Doug Peterson, you just assume he's a big game quarterback. He, you know, he, his history. You don't have to worry about that. And then you see what you see last week. Now you have the opportunity to coach, you know, and, and go in and say this is something we thought wasn't an issue. We just assumed, and and now that's something we have to kind of tackle. So they do have the chance to go in this week and get better and get him in the right path of what he would have done if it was say Nick Foles at quarterback. That's a good point. Great point. All right. Dolphins at the Bills. The Bills all the way up to minus 13 on the news that Tua Tungavailoa was ruled out. Um, if I had to guess, RJ, I would say that you have something on Sportsline at Bills minus 9.5 or Bills minus 10. Am I correct? I do not. I didn't oh. want to didn't want to play the Bills. Um, I think that number 9.5, 10 is about right if Teddy's the quarterback. Right now, everything's pointing to it being Thompson, which is why it's 13. I don't know that there's a ton of value at 13. Um, and if Teddy does play um, and he's able to manage his injury, I could see that being like a 10 point type game. So I didn't want to play the bills, especially that big number, especially being my team. I got enough riding on the game in my, uh, my heart betting uh, than, right. than with my pocket betting. So um, I like, I, I would, I would still lean to the bills. I mean, that same thing about the dogs of 10 plus points and wild card round on the road um, applies here. Like it does to Seattle. Um, but Miami played Buffalo tough twice, surprised him with the run game the last time now most are hurt. So who knows, but just not like Jeff Wilson has been bad when they've had to turn to him. So I think they could still have success there if that's what they try to do. Buffalo's rating may be a little too inflated. Um, they didn't really beat the, the 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 Patriots by 12 points. They had those two kickoff return touchdowns. So it was really a game where Josh Allen struggled through those interceptions um, and a good defense. Now, I don't know if my 
Miami has the has a good defense, but a good defense might be able to take advantage of him a little bit more. That Miami defense did show up in a big way against the Jets. I know it's Joe Flacco, but Joe Flacco did have some success early in the season. Uh, game on the line. That that would have been a matchup where you figure the Jets could get, at least get to 13 points and win the game, and they didn't. Miami's defense showed up. So we'll see. The injury report for Miami is going to determine this game, I think. Not just Teddy, but other guys have been banged up. Um, but Buffalo has the pasty to slow down Miami's offense if they have to throw the ball, and I don't know that the same is true for Miami despite what we saw last week with the jump up from Joe Flacco to Allen. So with the trend of double-digit favorites covering here, I would lean to the Buffalo, but I don't love it at 13. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a tough number. I like Buffalo at 9.5 or 10. Um, I took that immediately along with another game in a minute. Um, but I wouldn't make the Bills at minus 13 at best bet. Although I do think the double-digit – Buffalo has more 14-point wins, 14-plus point wins on uh, in, in the NFL over the last two years than any other team – in terms of covering 14-point spreads. So if somebody's going to do it, it's going to be the Bills. We've seen they have a real disdain for uh, for their division opponents. Like now that they've developed this, you know, uh, this sort of um, identity as as one of the NFL's best teams. I mean, they, they the last couple of years, they've knocked the Bills out of the playoffs. They knocked the, knocked the Patriots out of the playoffs. They knocked the Dolphins out of the playoffs. They do it in big – out of getting into the playoffs. And then you get an actual playoff matchup. They smoked the Patriots last year in the, in the actual playoffs. Skylar Thompson defense – or Skylar Thompson, the Dolphins, man. If it's if it's in against Josh Allen in Buffalo, I think that this could get ugly. So I would I would lean towards the Bills, and but 13 is a bit much for me. And I, I can't see it climbing up past 14. And that's – giving two touchdowns even to Skylar Thompson in a playoff game is too much, right? Yeah, because you look at the Miami side and, and their coaching staff, and we think McDaniel's a good coach. He seemed to have, have done well this year, um, get this team to the playoffs, uh, especially considering the quarterback issues in the back half of the year, um, and even early in the year, too, because Tua had that that absence, and then Teddy had that absence. So this team is really like, you know, it, the Rams are losing quarterbacks left and right, and they go 5-12 and 12 or 6-11, and 11, whatever they went, and Miami still managed to make the playoffs in a pretty tough division. So um, I think credit to that coaching staff. Um, I wouldn't want to want to be laying a ton of points against them, which is why 13, I'm just not too comfortable doing it. It's not like the Bills need to win this game by 20, 30. They just need to advance and start getting ready for that that Bengals game that we expect is going to be coming in the next round that everybody's been waiting for since the first one got canceled. That's right. And um, worth noting, about 30 degrees on a kickoff uh, when uh, when when the uh, when for the Dolphins, which. Yeah, you know, we've seen it. Maybe the cold weather doesn't impact him that much, but I certainly think I would rather have, um, <laughs> I would rather have the Bills in that kind of cold weather uh, than than the Miami Dolphins. Just looking at any time touchdowns, nobody's minus money. Stephon Diggs one plus one hundred one, Singletary plus one hundred nine, and Jeff Wilson plus one eighteen. Gross. Josh Allen plus one fifty, James Cook one fifty five. Anything intriguing there? Not really. I don't think th- those are valuable odds. I kind of just have a feeling James Cook scores a touchdown, um, and and they are a little bit more ground focused because um, this they are huge favorites, and the only way that you can probably lose this game is multiple th- multiple turnovers. So just keep the ball keep the ball safe. Drive into the Miami side of the field, kick field goals if you have to. But but you know and try force, to win this force game. Force Kyler Thompson to try to beat you with his own. Right. Try to win this game twenty three to ten or twenty three thirteen as opposed to you know thirty eight to whatever. Just, you see the spread. Draw your own conclusions there. All right, let's take a break. And when we come back, we will talk about the game between the two biggest roller coaster rides in the entire NFL. Next, the Giants at the Vikings. The Vikings minus three. The Giants getting some juice here on Caesars, plus three, minus 120, a total of 48. 
Um, I mean, look, <laughs> the Vikings, the Vikings were 11 and one score games and nobody, the only team that's like been better in one score games or better in these close games has been the, this year was been, been the giants. It's a real, like, uh, I don't want to call it strength on strength or anything, RJ, but it's a very interesting matchup to say the least. Yeah, going through the second half of the season, everybody saw these teams look like they might be playoff teams, and they're going, I cannot wait to fade these teams in the first round of the playoff, both of them. Yeah, that was kind of like, the, if either one of them gets in, well, you knew the Minnesota would be in, but if the Giants get in, I want to fade both these teams. Well, good luck. They're playing each other. Now who do you fade? Um, so you got to make, make a decision here. This These teams just played to a near draw in week 16. The line was four and a half for Minnesota in that game, um, but it was even at the end of the game. Minnesota kicked a 61-yard field goal to win it. Um, so I think these teams can play even. The Giants offense typically run-focused Coming into that game, they didn't have very good pass statistics for for most of the season, and uh, the question was whether they could take advantage of that Minnesota pass defense, and they did. Daniel Jones threw for 300-plus yards. Obviously, you have a very smart coach in place that knows how to exploit team weaknesses on the other side of the ball, and I think they can do that again here. Uh, the Giants starters mostly got a bye to get healthy and rested. Uh, Minnesota didn't. They played their starters for most of that game. Uh, and then you look at situational football. The, the Giants defense is fifth on third down and fifth in the red zone. So if Minnesota is playing well, they can still get enough stops in field goal range and limit them to some field goal tries and keep it close uh, and make keep it, you know, a, tw- a game in the 20s as opposed to a game in the 30s. And that's the type of game I think they could win with their coaching advantage, with the rest factor. Um, so I think this is the one score game Minnesota finally loses and the Giants win outright. But at plus three, I have the Giants as the best bet. Right there with you. Uh, Pete actually has a best bet on the Giants as well. And the over in this game, over 48 and the Giants plus three. I have the Giants plus three as well. It is, it, it, it's, it's like, I don't, you don't want to downgrade what Minnesota did because they had a great season. Won the division handily. Um, you know, found a way to win these really close games. Kevin O'Connell deserves cre- like, you know, consideration for coach of the year. Yeah, you know, they have Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, you know, I mean, uh, Adam Thielen, explosive playmakers all over the place. TJ Hawkinson now, too. I mean, like, they've got a lot of explosive playmakers. They can certainly score against this Giants team. I tend to think that over is a pretty good look as well. I'm a little surprised it hadn't ticked up with the indoor um, action, but maybe you see the Giants trying, maybe you see both teams trying to run the ball to sort of come out a little nervous. I mean, Daniel Jones' first playoff game. By the way, that's a big theme in these playoffs. The quarterbacks in these playoffs, are real, especially on the at least on the NFC side, are really lacking experience uh, outside of outside of Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Um, I just think we could see. I just think the Giants are going to find a way to steal this one somehow, and that Minnesota's been same sort of thing. You're saying Minnesota's been playing with fire all year long. Eventually, that comes back to bite you in the ass. You can't live on these one score games the entire season and expect it to just you just keep winning them all. And I, to me, it's like the perfect setup where they go eleven and zero. In these one-score games, something I don't think anybody's ever done it before. And then you get to the playoffs, and you get the Giants, who just like also felt like kind of a luck box for a lot of the season, and just found a way to win. And then the Giants steal your soul with that one one-score victory. So I've got uh, the Giants plus three, and I think I would take the Giants plus three uh, sooner rather than later. I bet it comes down. You see the juice, obviously, that indicates it could move. You're getting three points against the Vikings. You got to take that almost all year long. Yeah, I don't think it's, it was. I don't think it was ever going to three and a half. So I wanted to get jump on the three 
um, pretty quickly. Um, considering it was four and a half, you, you might have wanted to wait and say maybe we can get three and a half. But uh, with the way that first game went, the way the Giants were playing, I didn't think that was likely. I know you've talked about how the Giants seem much like the the first Bills team that made the playoffs and they're yeah. kind of playing over their skis. And I think Minnesota kind of applies to that too. They have a better offense. They have better playmakers there, but they have a worse defense. Um, but you still have to feel the faith of the organization now, the new coach, that they're going to be a good team moving forward, even if it's not all in place to make a Super Bowl run this year. So it's not dogging on the Vikings. It's not saying they're, they didn't deserve to make the, the playoffs. I mean, they were by far the best team in the NFC uh, North um, in, the far. whole year. Um, so, so credit to them, but it's just, now you're going to get into these NFC playoffs and I mean, the path is open. It's not like the NFC playoffs are super locked up. You, you kind of just on Brock Purdy earlier. That's a third string quarterback uh, rookie, Mr. Irrelevant playing for the number two seed that a lot of people are picking as their Super Bowl favorite coming out of the NFC. And then the number one seed is a guy who's banged up and, and we didn't really look hundred percent healthy there. So we'll see how uh, effective Jalen Hurts is starting next week. So, I mean, it kind of could be a wide open NFC and uh, maybe the Vikings do continue to get fortunate in one score games and make a run yeah we'll see um we all have the giants as the best bet though so giants and the jaguars looks like we got a little money line parlay coming together here potentially um we'll see uh pick six podcast playoff parlay gotta bring it back bring back the old favorites i think pete's tom, gonna, i think pete's gonna ruin it unfortunately if um, tom brady's in the playoffs again we need to bring back the, the money bring line back parlay. the old dinosaurs yeah that's right okay next up Oh, um, also, I've got Danny Dimes over passing attempts. It's like 32 and a half. 33 yeah, that, that should be the way they attack. I know it worked last week, last time, um, yeah. you know, hitting big plays. And it's not like they have uh, deep shot playmakers. You know, it's a lot of work uh, over the middle and the intermediate to Hodgins and Richie James and those guys. It's up to 32 and a half minus 127. Yeah, I like that a lot. So I think the over there for Danny Dimes, 32 and a half passing attempts. My third one of three player props I'll be giving out along with my best bets. Doesn't have a ton of weapons, but Kenny Galladay scores two touchdowns, which is my bold my bold prediction for uh, on on the on the on the, on the uh, bold prediction playoff plot. Oh, that. Over the rest of his career. <laughs> oh, high down hard. They didn't even list Kenny Galladay as a two touchdown score for this game. That is pathetic. My God, come on, throw me a bone here, people. There's a Galladay. One Galladay touchdown is nine and a half to one. Kim Wilson tried to tell me that wasn't bold. That's insanely bold. Yeah, uh, it's I, not, I, definitely I, not happening, too. Right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I can't include that as a part of the best bet show. I'm gonna just throw out that you should nibble on uh, Kenny Galladay. So that that highest scoring team win a a lowest scoring team for the playoffs. The uh, the Giants. The playoffs are just for the first. Or for for the first round, the Giants are only ten to one, and the the Cowboys are nine to one, which tells you the state of the Minnesota defense is. uh, Wow. The Giants are kind of right there in that mix of the second tier behind the Giants. Ten to one is kind of interesting. Yeah, you got the Vikings at six to one, Bengals at seven to one, Chargers seven and a half to one, and then Cowboys nine to one, and Giants ten to one. I mean, you can see the you can see the and the Giants can put up forty five points and lead the lead the because you got the. You got Chiefs are on by, Eagles on by, Bills are in a game with you know low total. I like that look. We're just throwing out some stuff. We're throwing out some stuff. We're not saying it's best bets, but you might want to think about betting because you can bet it, but we can't include it. Like, would you bet Giants ten to one high scoring team? Uh, I mean, it's not the, the value isn't there, but if I, I'm just looking for a lottery ticket to root for, I think that's a fun one. Um, it's also one of the later games, you know, Sunday afternoon. Um, so, so it's not going to be ruined, you know, at least for, right. for most of the, the first 24 hours. 
Yeah, like if you take the if you take the 49ers high scoring team and like you're you might they be win done. like 20 to 9, you're like, okay, well, I'm not winning this, but yeah, exactly. That's right. All right. Ravens at the Bengals. I took the Bengals minus six and a half as a best bet. Uh oh, not as a best bet, excuse me. I, I actually bet it myself when it came out. Felt like that line was too low. Even if maybe Lamar Jackson played, there's a bug floating around my house right now. I'm trying to kill it. I think I got him. Um, sorry. Raven, Bengals now minus nine and a half with the news. The news that Lamar Jackson unlikely to play a total of 40 and a half here, RJ, which is, I guess, indicative of uh, no Tyler Huntley. Oh, I don't think Tyler Huntley does too much as opposed to Anthony Brown. I mean, he had 16 points last week, and that's basically what Tyler Huntley's been giving you a week in and week out. It's not like he opens up the offense anymore. Um, so I think it could be a low total game. We we did our lines when we sent them out at eight and a half, and I put the, the Bengals as the first leg of the teaser at minus two and a half. Um, it was 11 with Anthony Brown um, the week before. And even if we get a less than 100% Tyler Huntley, I'm not confident that that 11 shouldn't be the right number here either. Um, it was They did have a close, low-scoring game in Baltimore earlier in the season. Baltimore was much healthier in that at that time. Um, and Cincinnati, Cincinnati does have to worry about their offensive line, um, you know, kind of banged up right now. So we'll see if they can hold Baltimore off there. Cincy also has a solid rush defense, so I think Baltimore is going to have to lean on the pass at some point. Um, but uh, Baltimore's defense played well against Cincy's offense last week. Uh, two early interceptions gave them touchdown drives that started on the Baltimore side on the field. But after that, Cincy's offense had just one of their final 10 drives go longer than 12 yards. So Baltimore's defense really showed up despite the score for most of last week. Um, and we'll see if they can do that here. Um, so I'm not confident in laying the huge number with the Bengals in case the Ravens defense does play very well. They have a great coaching staff as well, can minimize this game becoming a blowout. But I do think Cincy wins the game. And if you can tease it under three, that's the play to make. So I made Cincy minus two and a half. The first leg of my teaser when it was at eight and a half, now that it is at nine and a half, I mean, you could probably t- tease the Jaguars with the other team that we're going to talk about in a second. Mm. Yeah, I mean, Cincy is right to be teased. And I, I would guess that like this line is sort of holding off going past 10 because they they don't have we don't have any official news on the quarterback. If it ends up being Brown, like it's gonna go past 10, won't it? It should. I mean, like I said, it got to eleven um last week, but that it was also um we didn't know if Baltimore was gonna play everyone. Um I made the case on Twitter they didn't have to. Um everybody was like, you know, it's you give them the chance to get the home field advantage, you know, the home field advantage in this game with a coin flip. You give them a chance to be the five seed if they win. But in both of those situations, they had to go all out and beat the Cincinnati on the road in week 18 to have a chance for either of those. Or you just rest everyone and beat Cincinnati on the road this week. And uh, and that's how it ended up playing out. They rest Mark Andrews. They you know they rest some other guys. So I think that's the choice they made. Now that there's going to be more competitive, there is no tomorrow. Um, maybe it shouldn't be as high as 11. But I think if Anthony Brown's that quarterback, it's probably going to get to 10. Yeah. In other words, if you like the Bengals, take them now. If you want to take a Bengals teaser, as RJ just pointed out, you want to take them now. I am going to take the over on the – excuse me, not the over. I'm going to take the Bengals. And I'm also going to take the over on Joe Mixon rushing yards, uh, which I think we see plenty of Joe Mixon in this spot. Got it, uh, I believe it's at, let me double check. I think it was at 62 and a half, but maybe it's going up. Um, Joe Mixon rushing yards. Total at, oh, hello, 54 and a half. Maybe it's 52 and a half, and it's up to 54 and a half. 54 and a half minus 127. Give me the over on total rushing yards for Joe Mixon at 54 and a half. I think he clears that easily because we're going to have a team with a big lead pounding the football. 
yes, Baltimore's running defense has gotten much better since Roquan Smith came to town, but you still have a team that should have a big lead that is going to want to shorten the game. You see the total at 40 and a half. This is not going to be a Joe Burrow slings it all over the place game, I don't believe. Wouldn't be surprised if they came out throwing. But they, much like the Bills, as we talked about earlier, who are going to run the ball a bunch, in theory, the Bengals are going to want to shorten this game because they know what's coming up next week. They want to get this game over with and get prepped for the Bills. If they both win, they'll play, right? Yeah, so they both win, they'll play each other. They're guaranteed to play each other, yeah. So, I mean, same spot. You know, you see sort of like a correlated correlated rushing yard total or pass. Like, you could almost take a correlated passing yard under for the Bills and the, and the, and the Bengals. Not correlated, but like in the sense that both teams want to reduce the amount of, like, exposure that their players going to have in this game. Well, last week, the Bengals, I, I mentioned those two interceptions, set them up with short touchdowns. They got up 17-0 at the beginning of the second quarter, uh, scoring a touchdown. Perfect time to go uh, with a high rushing total with those guys. Their running backs combined for 45 yards on 17 carries. So Baltimore's defense just shut down everything in the run game, and then uh, Cincinnati had to pass on uh, a lot, you know, especially on third down. It led to Burrow having 42 pass attempts, even though that script you would have said he's going to just you know not have to throw it done because they were up 17 nothing at the beginning of the game. So I just think this is a bad matchup for Joe Mixon running the ball against Baltimore. They know how to ha- how to handle this team and put the game in Burrow's hands, which you know maybe that's where where he wants it, considering his window is his whole career. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that works out. I just don't have confidence that since he's going to be able to run the ball effectively in this game. Okay. Uh, I still think we can get over 54 and a half, but, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I do agree that it's a more difficult task than maybe some of the other spots to run the football. Finally, is it, would you rate the, how would you rate this slate? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say I um, would rate this slate like an A plus or anything like that. Uh, I think it's pretty good. I think um, we kind of get cheap, cheapened by not having Tua in there to play the Bills. Lamar too. We get cheapened if Lamar doesn't play because we've just been waiting for him to come back for so long. But Giants-Vikings, I mean, it's better than facing each other than facing different teams and then kind of having to deal with do both of those teams fall flat on their face. Um, true, San, true. Fr- San Francisco Seahawks isn't a great game, but at least it's a it's a rematch. These teams know each other well. Chargers-Jaguars, fascinating. Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence is going to be in the next round against probably Kansas City. So that'll be fun to watch and got to love this last game. Yeah. Have to love this last game. Cowboys are the, are the Buccaneers. Almost are the Patriots. Um, it's the, the Dallas Cowboys maligned constantly. Mike McCarthy constantly under pressure. Dak Prescott constantly being evaluated. Is, is he the guy? Is he the franchise guy? And now he heads to Tampa to play the guy who is the, the franchise guy. Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Two and a half point home dog. In a spot where, like, if the the Cowboys Cowboys got exactly what they didn't get exactly what they wanted, they they got exactly what they knew they were going to get. One of two things: either win the division and probably get the one seed, or you finish second in the division. Eagles will get the one seed, and you get the five seed, and you get to go play some loser town four seed that came out of the NFC South with a, with a losing record. Now, if they had the Panthers, they'd be great. You got Tom Brady, who's playing pretty a little bit better the last couple of weeks, RJ. And I'm not sure that I would be enthused about having to go to Tampa Bay and play Tom Brady if I was the Dallas Cowboys, knowing that a loss here and Sean Payton is lingering out there. And even if he's not, Cooper Rush is lingering out there. I mean, Dak Prescott's throwing interception after interception. We can't. the league in interceptions. 
does not look very good. Tampa Bay dominated Dallas in week one, even before Dak got hurt, though they had to settle for a lot of field goals in that game. So the score didn't get too out of hand. Um, but them settling for field goals maybe have been a harbinger of Tampa's offensive struggles this year. They finished 25th in yards for play, 25th in points scored. Did not look like a team that had Tom Brady, a quarterback, for much of the year. Um, Dallas defense, though, they played Minshew, Dobbs, and Howell since losing to Jacksonville, and they did not look great in those games. Um, and they obviously did not look great offensively last week. Tampa Bay's offense is number one in sack rate. Um, they can keep Tom Brady healthy, especially if they're getting healthier on the offensive line. And if they can do that, that neutralizes Dallas defense's strength. And then Brady can go pick on the secondary, um, which has been an issue with Anthony Brown's injury. Um, so both teams do need to get healthier. So I think the injury report is key here. But those dogs of less than three at home, which I mentioned earlier with the Jaguars, that applies here. So you kind of want to be on Tampa in, in this side. Uh, three teams since 2010 have made the playoffs with losing records. All three covered in this round, but two were 10-point dogs. The other was a six-and-a-half-point favorite going up against Ryan Lindley. That was your, your Cam Newton game against Ryan Lindley. So, I mean, of course, they're going to cover that game. This is kind of not on either side of those slates, so I think it's hard to judge. My only worry with Tampa is that Tom Brady is terrible at night now. I mean, they put him in primetime. Obviously, they want him in the primetime spot. But um, I think our research team found out he's like 2-16 in, in his last 18 games in primetime. He's becoming Kirk Cousins, you know, in, in this situation. So, he's just old. Man, it's his bedtime. Yeah, it's past his bedtime. So how uh, the question is, will he be able to overcome that, or will the Cowboys be able to overcome them tripping over themselves? It's kind of a fascinating game in the sense of neither of these teams you're too confident in, but one of them's got to win. Um, I wanted to take Tampa, uh, but at plus three, I'm fine with it. At two and a half, they become the second leg of my teaser with Cincy. So I tease Tampa up to plus eight and a half. Yeah, I think that te- look, I, I'm probably gonna I'm probably gonna bet that teaser. Like in real life, the the Bengals uh Bucks teaser. It's hard to see Tom Brady just get completely blown out. I mean, it was happening last year and he still managed to storm back. And I realized that last year's team probably a little more explosive than uh, this year's team. But um, I like the Bucks. I got the Bucks winning outright. And I think I, I got a money line parlay that I'm going to put in. I'm, I'm not going to count it for our best bets because it would be, excuse me, it would probably, it would be too, uh, it would pay out too much. But Bucks, Giants, Jaguars, money line parlay 10 to 1, three game. 10 to 1 parlay. If you wanted to, you could, you know, you could even, if you really want to get greedy, you could toss the, um, toss all six teams in there, add the other three favorites. You get 18 to 1. Like, I feel confident the Niners, Bills, and Bengals are going to win. So you got to get the, you got to get the three upsets from, you know, teams with the short spreads. And then you get the three big, you know, heavy spread winners and 18 to 1, six game parlay. That's not a crazy, that's not a crazy money line parlay, right? Yeah. You just need everything. Yeah, you need literally everything to go your everything way. You expect to happen to it to happen, and that just doesn't happen. Like, well, I, but, it's, but it's not like, but it's not like everything that's expected to happen. It's everything I expect to happen. Well, yeah, but even those three money line parlays. I mean, there, there's a world where Baltimore beats Cincy thirteen sure. to ten. You know, sure. it's 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 not that out of the question that that Harbaugh can go out and win that game. Um, and then, yeah, you're you're taking those three dogs. I mean, who knows? So I don't think I think there's probably. Um, some backing on the Giants anyway um, to win that game. Uh, obviously, there's backing on the Bucks. So I think it's really just the Jaguars is the one that would go fly into the face of, of what other people were thinking with the Chargers. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, okay. Tim Tebow can play better than Baby Blady, says Randy Swanson. Randy, get a grip on your life, pal. If you're suggesting that Tim Tebow is better than Tom Brady... It's just not ever true at any point in either one of their careers. And I can't believe I'm even justifying. Why do we put that comment? Don't put a comment like that up. That's trash. No offense, Randy. 
Um, yeah, I got the Bucks. Oh, no, I forgot Pete Scott. Oh, Pete's got the Cowboys as the best bet. My mama. Fading the, the Brady in prime time. Fading Brady in prime time. Good luck with that, Pete. Enjoy that with the Cowboys. Should have worked out well. Mike McCarthy against Tom Brady. Uh, okay. So, our best bets. That's it for the games. Kind of fast. I guess it's only six games. Feels a little bit faster than, uh, than a normal week, right? We have Pete as the Jaguars. He has the Vikings and the Giants over plus the Giants plus the Giants plus three and the Cowboys minus two and a half. I've got the Jags, Bengals, Giants, and Bucks plus three props for players. ETN over rush yards, mixing over rush yards, and Danny Dimes over pass attempts. And then RJ, you have the Niners too, right? Yeah, we didn't have that on the rundown. So you got the Niners minus 10, Jacksonville plus two, the Giants plus three, and Cincinnati minus two and a half, and Tampa Bay plus eight and a half in a two-game teaser. A lot of bets for uh, for the old wild card weekend for your boys here. I got probably way too many. I went seven, seven best bets, including props. We'll figure wrong. They're all overs. At least I got some dogs built in there. Um, all right, RJ. That'll do it for us. Good stuff. You love it? Love to see it. Uh, Pete's not here, but if he was, we'd say for Pete. For RJ, I'm Brinson. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll see you guys later. Hope all your bets come in. We'll, uh, we'll check with you for the recap. The wild card weekend. Super wild card weekend. Bye.